Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hi, friends. Amanda here. I am all by myself today. Um, Beck is off in Vegas at Dance Teacher Web, having an amazing time. She's been calling me all the time because she's having um, an incredible experience and learning so much. So we can't wait to bring that back to the podcast um, when she is back from her little trip and then a little well-deserved holiday afterwards. Um, But I thought I'd jump on the podcast today and talk a little bit about costuming because it's that time of the year, right? Everyone, if you're in Australia, has started to either actually start organising and ordering their costumes or at least it's playing in the back of their mind what they have to do, um, you know, where they're going to be sourcing their costumes and the cost. That is a big thing, isn't it? Probably one of the biggest things that we have to think about as studio owners is the cost of those costumes um, and how we're passing that on to our clients. So I wanted to give you um, a little bit of a perspective of how um, we do it at our studio um, and a couple of things that I think is really important for you to take um, on board. And maybe you can't employ them for this year, but I think it's also such a great way to be thinking of it when you're um, doing, you know, whatever that is at that time, but cost costuming in this instance um, at the moment, be thinking about how can I do this better next year? Look, it's done this year. This is the only way I can do it because I wasn't organized enough. I didn't prep this. I didn't whatever. But, you know, thinking about how can I change this and get this set up now for next year and how can I learn from this experience to make uh, my business run better, um, have my systems in order and it be more profitable and easier for the parents because so much of it is about how our clients respond to the cost of um, the co- uh, the concerts, the costumes, all of the things because it's a lot, right? So um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about um, how we uh, have always done costumes um, at our studio. We actually do um, a hire system for our end of year concert costumes. Now, um, I know that there are um, some studios uh, that do that. It's not probably the norm, um, but it's definitely worked really well for us. So what we have is, um, I've, you know, obviously, you know, we've had the studio for 22, 23 years um, and, you know, it's taken a long time to build um, a big wardrobe. And obviously um, the first few years there um, was definitely, you know, more money going out than there was coming in. Um, and we still have had some years like that, uh, you know, over time when we've had to do like a big replenishment of costumes um, sometimes. But You know, we own, uh, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head, but probably about 350 full sets of costumes, which is a lot. Um, But for each concert, we usually use about 250 or so. Um, So we definitely need to have sort of that 350. I actually feel like it might be closer to 400 sets of costumes. Um, And, you know, we use those every year and it's actually you know I have had people ask me about it before and say 
you know, um, how do the kids feel about that? You know, they don't um, get the, you know, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, this is a brand new costume. I've never seen this before. You know, that has, doesn't happen so much in our studio, which is 100% true. But we also have um, a lot of uh, nos- nostalgia. Is that how you say that word? I think it is. Um, in our costumes. And the kids get excited. They get excited to be oh, I can't wait until I'm um, a little bit older and I get to wear that ballet costume. I saw, you know, my student teacher was wearing it and I saw my older sister wear it. I can't wait to get to that age and be able to wear that beautiful costume. So we actually have that going on a lot in our studio, which is really, really lovely. So um, how we organise our costumes, um, because obviously it's a lot to organise, is, um, you know, every child pays, well, they did pay a higher fee. I'm going to come back to the cost on that um, in a little bit further down the episode, but we used to have a uh, costume hire fee of $42. Um, we always uh, have done that for quite a few years and the kids would pay that off um, over the um, over the year. And what we used to happen um, with that $42, it was added um, into installments um, on their term fees. It was always on the first, you know, it went on the first week's uh, direct debit bill of um, each term. And What that means is we take care of all of the costuming for that. Parents don't have to do a thing. It's never even sent home. Um, We organise everything. So obviously the storage, the maintenance, uh, you know, the picking, the sorting, the sizing, all of those things. But we also transport them um, to the concert venue. Um, They're all there waiting for them and the kids don't have to do anything. No one has to remember anything. And that's worked really well for us. So every year we do um, have to obviously buy new costumes um, and, you know, but we do only try to buy, you know, a minimal amount based on what we need. And, you know, over the years, there's been a couple of um, things that, you know, I really look for when I'm buying a new set of costumes and that's really helped us make sure that we get uh, the most amount of use out of all of our costumes and that we don't have any sort of sets sitting there that only get worn one year and then can't be worn again. So if you do do costume hiring, one of the things that I always, always think about is uh, no themes. We don't ever really buy themed costumes um, because, you know, you can only do the Adams Family dance once. You know, you can only do um, a song about mermaids once. You can't keep reusing them. So if we do have themes um, in um, our concert you know they might wear like a base costume and the theme might be added through a headband or a hairpiece or something like that so that we can sort of get the most amount of use out of all of our costumes the other thing we do is we always buy new sets for our largest classes that's what we always do because there's nothing worse than you know buying a set of costumes that were you know 15 you know a set of 15 but then next year you want to reuse them but there's actually 22 kids in the class next year so we always buy the absolute um, largest classes costumes first if for some reason we have to buy a small class, um, a new brand new set of costumes, we actually buy it for, you know, if 25 is our max in a class for that age group, we'll actually buy at least 25, if not 28, 29 of them so that they can be reused. Even though obviously that year there's a lot still sitting in the packages, we make sure, you know, that it gives us that um, flexibility to be able to use them down the track. The other thing we do um, is we always make sure, let's say, you know, it's a 12 and under jazz class and most of the kids are 11 and 12. 
you know, obviously um, most of the sizes are a girl's 12, you know, a couple of girl's 10s, a couple of girl's 14s. But regardless of who's in the class, we always buy some that are, you know, significantly larger and significantly smaller in case there um, does happen to ever be, you know, a child of a different body shape um, in that class. So we're prepared for that and sort of like future proofing it. So, it's that funny thing, even though we might be buying a set for, you know, a specific class at the time, we don't actually always look at who's in that class as much because we just think about what sort of size range we need to have for that kind of age and really making sure, as I said, that we future um, proof all of our costumes so that we know we can get the most amount of um, rewears out of them as well. So, of course, with all of these costumes, we need to make sure we have a really great system in place. And I do have a staff member um, that really looks after the costumes throughout the whole year, um, as well as a teaching role as well. Um, So, you know, we have an app in place where we have everything catalogued. We know the sizes of everything. We also keep records of which classes wear which costumes each year so that we can check back on it to make sure that, uh, you know, the children don't have to wear the same costume two years in a row or anything like that because we never want that to happen. Um, So we really make sure we keep really great records and all of those things so we know exactly um, where everything is, how many of everything we've got, the size range um, and, you know, we're all prepared. The other thing if you're doing hiring is you do need a lot of space and we're super lucky at our studio that we do have a very large space and we actually have uh, two levels of basement where we can um, store all of our costumes because I do know for other studio owners they need to do that off-site which just does make it that little bit harder I guess. Um, But, you know, the costume hire system has worked fantastically for us, um, you know, over our years. you know, we do really think that the parents really like it. It means that, you know, the costumes aren't as expensive because we do know how much uh, dance costumes can be sometimes, especially when, you know, the Australian dollar's tanking and, you know, the shipping costs have gone up, all of those things that we have to always deal with. Um, so, you know, it works really, really well for us doing the costume hire thing. But I know that doesn't work for everybody and that is totally fine. But what I did want to talk to you um, a little bit about was making sure um, that no matter which you know method you go with with the costumes, whether it's hiring or purchasing the costumes, that everything is done um, you know with uh, the cost and the customer satisfaction in mind, and really making sure that you are transparent and upfront with your costume prices. It's something I've been talking to a lot of my private clients about at the moment, and it's super hard, right? Because you know. Um, as much as they would love to simplify their pricing structure um, and be able to say at the beginning of the year, oh, everyone's concert costume will be X amount of dollars, it's really hard when the dollar fluctuates, you know, the shipping costs change. It's really hard for us to, uh, you know, know exactly what that magical amount is that we should charge. But I do really want to chat to you all about making sure that, you know, you do whatever you can to simplify your pricing. Whether that is having one cost for all your costumes, that is a great way to do it because, you know, invoicing different amounts for different classes, you know, that this class is $68 and this class is 92 and this class is 145 it's a lot of paperwork for you. Um, but on top of that, it's confusing for parents. Parents don't quite know why this costume is more expensive than this one. Uh, they can't remember which class their child's in and which bill they're meant to pay. And, you know, it all becomes this really big headache. 
So, you know, perhaps it's looking at one singular price for your costumes or, you know, maybe it's like, you know, junior jazz costumes are all this amount. Ballet costumes are all this amount. Competitive team costumes are all this amount. But if you're going to do that, you know, my piece of advice is really making sure you know your numbers because, you know, you don't want to say that everything's going to be one cost and, and then get caught out and, you know, be actually left in the red after you've purchased the costumes because you didn't realise the shipping would be that much. You didn't realise, uh, you know, about the GST you had to pay and the merchant fees that you had to do and you had to add in for that spare costume or the alterations for one child or whatever that is. So really making sure that you look at your numbers and you know that really well. The other thing that I think is really important is to put out those numbers as early as possible, preferably when they first enrol. Um, you know, having a really clear system you know, the uh, concert um, costume fees are taken, you know, uh, you know whether it's a $50 deposit week one of term three um, and the balance week one of term four or something like that. So it's really structured and really clear rather than you just invoicing parents at a whim whenever it kind of comes to you is super important. Something that's been coming up um, a lot in our Dance Principles United Tribe um, chats is uh, the movement to all-inclusive pricing, which I absolutely love. And it's something uh, we've done at our studio this year for the first time. Um, And I think anything that we can do to simplify uh, a parent's journey through dance you know, it's going to make them love um, our culture, our studios even more because, you know, there's nothing more confusing for a busy working parent than going, oh, I have to pay this and that and what was that other thing I had to do? Plus I have to go buy jazz shoes and, oh, was there something about stockings? And, you know, it all becomes real a lot, you know, because people are busy. People don't have all of that time. So anything you can do to make a parent's life a little bit more simple is always a winner. So we've moved to all-inclusive pricing. Um, I mentioned before that we used to do a concert costume hire fee of $42. What we did this year was we put all of our fees up by a dollar a week, so $40 over the year, and the costumes are now included and they're free. There's no extra additional bits to um, to be charging people. There's no people going, oh, why am I being charged for this? What's this involved? You know, everyone just pays it and it's actually all-inclusive and they, you know, you know, we do word it that their costume is free, but obviously they're paying for that. Um, but it's a great way just to sort of streamline our operations and make it so much more clear as the year goes on. You know, one thing that's super important for that and something um, that we've been talking about with a lot of our tribe members, a lot of them are looking at moving to um, inclusive pricing um, that might include, you know, even uniforms and things like that as well. I haven't gone that far, but, you know, I think it's a great idea. Um, but, you know, if you're doing that, make sure you run your numbers. Make sure you run your numbers really, really well and you know. You know, for us, when we moved um, to, you know, adding that extra dollar a week to classes so that we didn't, um, you know, have that costume hire fee as a separate amount, you know, what we looked at was, you know, a few things like, What's our normal drop-off throughout the year? When I normally purchase costumes, you know, 
Um, we, we didn't want to be left, you know, purchasing costumes for kids that then dropped off and didn't, you know, finish paying. But then vice versa, you know, how does that all work? So we really worked out, you know, um, what the numbers were so that we were really clear to make sure um, we were sort of, you know, we were left with the same amount. Basically, it's the exact same amount as we had before, but making sure that, you know, the way kids drop, um, come in and out of classes for kids that join late, you know, how that works, because that's a big question I get. So, what if the child, um, you know, joins week six, four weeks before the, you know, concert? And for us, we've just gone, well, you know what? Everyone's costumes are free. It's all inclusive pricing. You can't then slap another fee on them. So, yes, essentially, they've probably only paid $4 for their costume, which I know some people are going, oh, my God, that's horrible. But, you know, there was also the child that danced in term one and term two that paid for it as well. And, you know, they didn't actually get a costume. We never even ordered one for them. So, you know, we've really worked out our numbers and make sure that we balanced out. And for us, it did. You know, um, we really made sure, you know, everything worked. And I think it makes everyone's life just so much more simple. So, you know, that's my tip, um, really making sure however you structure your costumes and your prices that you're really thinking of, how can you simplify this and make it, um, you know, really transparent to the parents in terms of, you know, when's it going to be billed, giving them exact dates um, that it's going to be billed, you know, early on in the piece, not just sending them an invoice at a whim. That's my tip for today. I hope you got something out of this. If you're starting to um, order costumes, oh my gosh, good luck to you. I know it's so much um, and there's so much going on at the moment. You know, it's a crazy time of the year. But thank you so much for joining me on the Dance Principles United podcast. Hopefully I'll be back with my friend Beck next week and not doing this all alone. Um, But in the meantime, make sure you jump over to our Instagram page or join our free group on Facebook, uh, Dance Principles United.